This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, a POTUS Pentagon pick pulls out under a cloud. The government publishing office announces a very generous telework policy. And the latest Postal Service budget might not be enough. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Peter Masurlian. President Biden's nominee to be the Pentagon's top acquisition official is taking his name out of the running. In a letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Michael Brown said he was concerned that an ongoing Inspector General investigation into whistleblower allegations against him would delay his confirmation for more than a year. Brown has served as director of DOD's Defense Innovation Unit since 2018. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says Brown still leads DIU and the department has no plans to change that. The Biden administration nominates a key official for the future of United States space operations. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has more. The president is tapping Major General Michael Gutlin as the first leader of Space Systems Command. The command is expected to stand up this summer and is in charge of developing, acquiring, fielding, and sustaining space capabilities in the military. The Space and Missile Center will also fall under the umbrella of the command. SMC launches satellites for the Space Force. Gutlin's currently serving as the deputy director of the National Reconnaissance Office. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. A U.S. reserve cadre of civilian cyber experts is one step closer to reality. The Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee advanced the Civilian Cybersecurity Reserve Act to the Senate floor yesterday. Under the bill, agencies could appoint civilian cyber reservists to federal civil service positions for up to six months at a time. The voluntary reservists would also be eligible to get security clearances. The proposed program is based on a recommendation from the National Commission on Military, National, and Public Service. One of the earliest agencies to settle on a post-pandemic telework policy is in the congressional branch. More now from Tom Temin. The government publishing office will let employees capable of tele- or remote work do so full-time. The policy applies to about a third of the GPO's 1,500 employees, those that don't have to operate machinery in GPO's printing and binding plants. Chief Human Capital Officer Dan Milkey says one 17-member work group will go 100% telework after conferring with its manager. Director Hugh Halpern says the policy reverses the pre-pandemic grudging allowance to fully embracing telework. I'm Tom Temin. 95% of military bases have removed their COVID-19 travel restrictions. None of the bases still under the Defense Department limits is in the continental United States. The restrictions keep service members from moving from one base to another without a waiver and disallows troops from traveling too far from base. Most of the installations with limits are in Japan. A group of Senate Democrats wants agencies to make their re-entry and pandemic safety plans available to the public. Virginia Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine reintroduced legislation designed to keep federal employees informed about their agency's safety plans. Maryland Senators Chris Van Hollen and Ben Cardin are co-sponsors. Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly reintroduced a House companion earlier this year, naming it after one of his constituents, a federal employee who died from complications due to COVID-19. The Department of Veterans Affairs says it will reimagine its massive electronic health record project 
after finding widespread problems with the initial rollout. More from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. VA is developing a new budget, deployment schedule, and management structure for the project. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough. Most challenges were not breakdowns of the technology, nor of the great people at Man Grandstaff who did the best they could in the worst of circumstances, implemented this program in the heart of a pandemic, dutifully shared findings that improved the system, and ensured that our veterans were safe despite the challenges they faced. Instead, the missteps were ours at VA and Cerner. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Ransomware will be a top issue on Capitol Hill in the coming weeks. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. The House Committee on Energy and Commerce will hold a hearing on stopping digital thieves, the growing threat of ransomware, this coming Tuesday. And a week after that, the Senate Judiciary Committee is inviting top government officials to testify on their response to ransomware attacks. The public hearings come after ransomware events have impacted hundreds of companies in recent months, including a leading meatpacking plant in early June and the Colonial Pipeline attack in May. Cybersecurity firm Recorded Future says there were 65,000 ransomware attacks last year alone. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. The Postal Service's Inspector General warns aspects of the USPS 10-year reform could result in regional or widespread service issues and might not save the agency as much money as it projects. The IG's office is asking Congress for a $263 million budget in fiscal 2022. That's $13 million above current levels. USPS IG Tammy Whitcomb says the money would increase staffing and provide continuous monitoring of USPS delays. The sooner we get these funds, the sooner we can build this capacity to provide more effective and timely oversight. The State Department sheds light on how it will correct a massive passport processing backlog. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The State Department is directing a surge of employees and contractors to return to the office and process a backlog of applications made worse under the pandemic. Deputy Assistant Secretary for Passport Services Rachel Arndt says it's taking 12 to 18 weeks to process applications already received, and new applicants won't get their passports until well into the fall. The department's Bureau of Consular Affairs has limited appointments available for individuals with urgent international travel within the next 72 hours or in life-and-death emergencies. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. And the National Institute of Standards and Technology awards more than $150 million to promote innovation in the biopharmaceutical industry. The funds will go to the National Institute for Innovation in Manufacturing Biopharmaceuticals for the development of vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, gene therapies, and other medical products. More than half of the funding comes from the American Rescue Plan to support further preparedness and responses to coronavirus outbreaks. The Institute, which started in 2017, consists of more than 180 biotechnology companies, equipment manufacturers, academic institutions, and nonprofits. Find these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Peter Masurlian. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. 
Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.